from Birdie. This is the podcast about the biggest beauty and wellness trends. Where they originate, who made them popular, and why we all jumped on board. Birdie presents Tell Me More. Tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> I'm Dr. Jessica Shepard, board-certified OBGYN and chief medical officer for Very Well Health. I'm Hallie Gould, senior editorial director at Birdie. Today on the pod, body hair trends. Yes, those body hair trends, they come and go. But when it comes to body hair trends, where do we begin? Do we start with all the procedures we undergo to inhibit or encourage hair growth? The inherent racism behind body hair trends, how body hair affects our day-to-day lives. To say the least, body hair trends play a part in constructing our identities, whether that's cultural, sexual, what have you. We're sure every listener has a unique perspective on the impact of body hair trends. Okay, Hallie, there's a lot to unpack here. I'm going to take it all the way back to the beginning of body hair removal. Did you actually know that people used sharp shells and shark teeth in 3000 BC? Whoa. In the Renaissance, hairlessness was a sign of class, while in Roman times, removing hair was associated with hygiene. But it wasn't until the late 1800s, mostly white American women became concerned, or maybe over-concerned, with body hair. There's this great book, actually, it's called Plucked by Rebecca Herzig. She talks about how the campaign against body hair originates with the pseudoscientific obsession over racial differences in hair type and hair growth. And at that time, it was a popular belief that more body hair was associated with, quote, less developed forms, gasp, but which is absolutely not true, by the way. So we're here to really understand that and kind of demystify some of the body hair uh, trends that we hear about. Now, understanding all of this about body hair, what if we thought of removing body hair as a choice, not the expectation? And if we choose to remove body hair, how can we do that safely? Today's guest knows all about that. Georgina Gooley works to spark new conversations around body hair. She's the co-founder of Billy, a shave and body brand disrupting the industry. She started Billy because she was fed up with the so-called pink tax applied to products marketed towards women. Georgina's determined to overhaul the shaving experience for anyone with body hair. Hi, Georgina. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be chatting all things body hair. So, It may be TMI, but obviously as a gynecologist, you know what I do every day. Um, And so there is body hair in that area, also known as pubic hair, but people really become like they have to overtell me why they do or don't have hair in that area. I've definitely felt those feelings. (laughs) Yeah. So you've been there too. I take the time to help them understand that I don't have any judgment if they do decide to have hair in that area or not. So, you know, Georgina, when did you personally first realize that body hair was a cultural taboo? Yeah, I mean, I think we all learn this when we're pretty young, right? I had an older cousin who shaved her legs and then showed me for the first time. I think maybe I was eight at the time. My first reaction was, your legs are slimy now because we were by a pool. (laughs) Great word. I love that word. So for me, it was just this odd thing that she did. But I think I offended her because she was very proud to show me her (laughs) shaved legs. But that was as an eight-year-old, probably around 12, 13, I had been watching some teen movies. And to me, it was just a rite of passage. 
looking back now, I didn't even question it. You know, it was just something that I felt like I had to do to be accepted by my peers, to be accepted as, you know, I'm growing up now. Now, in hindsight, I really wish I had sort of more critical thinking around that and sort of the why and asking the why and having the choice. Not to say that my choice might have been different, but I didn't even pause to question. And I think that's what, you know, I have two little daughters now, a three and a one-year-old, but that's what I would hope for them, that they would just at least ask the question and not just take it as um, a given. It was such a rite of passage to start shaving your legs. It, yeah, it was I like, that. I remember at summer camp, we would all like stand around a sink and have like shaving parties. Yeah. I was more concerned if I was going to nick myself or be bleeding hemorrhaging. That's why you became a doctor. <laughs> Clearly that was early signs of being a surgeon. That's why, yes. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, it's so, it's so incredible to think about because it was associated with being older and womanly. Right. Of course, we weren't taught to think critically about like why we were feeling that way. It was just this cultural significance of becoming a woman. And that's very interesting to think about now in this context. In the 90s, early 2000s, those rom-com teen movies very much glamorized shaving. It was always part of the getting ready for the date or whatever. Yeah. And so it was really part of the sort of get ready, get ready with me of the of the times. Totally. So you have a background in advertising. I wanted to talk about one of the early ads for shaving products. How was shame used as a way to sell razors in this way? And kind of like what message did this marketing send to women? Shame is a very useful tool to get people to do things. It's not just shaving. You shouldn't be old. You shouldn't have gray hair. There's so many things, wrinkles, that the industry will tell you you should feel ashamed and not let this happen to you. By the way, you can buy these products that will help you. Mm -hmm. So the shame was used to push razors, right? And to let women know that you shouldn't have hair there, wherever that might be. And here's a product that you can buy to help you remove it. The first commercial was in 1915 where it said, you know, remove that embarrassing hair. Yeah. And through the decades, that message continued to the point where even when ads were showing a product demonstration of the razor removing hair, they wouldn't even show the hair. Yeah. So they were shaving shaved legs because hair was so taboo. I do shave my legs, but I don't want anyone telling me I have to right? I want it to be my choice. And so creating Billy, that was really the intent. It was to say, this is all about choice and we're going to portray women in a really beautiful way with and without hair. And it was kind of counterintuitive as a razor brand, you're celebrating body hair, but it was really about putting our audience before our product. And that's just so wild to think about. And I really, really appreciate the thought that has gone into your marketing campaigns because it's been, besides being obviously aesthetically beautiful. Actually seeing body hair in those advertisements is really empowering. Next up, what happened after Billy included pubic hair in an advertising campaign and had to rewrite the rules on removing body hair as a rite of passage. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, 
their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce season five of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Now, you know, Billy Notably was actually the first razor company to include female pubic hair in an ad campaign. So as a GYN, um, clapping behind the scenes here, why was that important to you in an advertising format and marketing campaign? You know, it's the classic, if, if you don't see it, then it'll never be normalized. There will always be this shame that is, is around it. And so really what we want to do is just normalize. And we just wanted to depict women that, you know, were natural and proud to be natural and flaunting it on the beach. We don't just put body hair in a one-off campaign so that it gets shared around it really was a commitment from the very beginning that everything that we do, you'll see body hair, you'll see people with smooth skin and shaved skin, waxed now, but we really want to show the entire spectrum of it. And that's important because then you're starting to normalize not just one look, but how different people choose to look. What was really exciting, we were the first razor brand to do this in the category for a hundred years. But since then, so many of the other brands, even the mm-hmm. biggest brands, have followed suit. Our campaign, it spread over 23 different countries. People were writing in in all different languages. It was on the front page of the BBC online. There was, it was, it got so much coverage because I think for the first time, people were like, this is crazy that we haven't seen this for 100 right? years. Like, what is happening? You changed the game. It was so great to see And with seeing it now, Nike, Adidas, like you've got other categories just starting to normalize body hair, which is, which is really incredible. It's also like when you really think about it critically, if you decide to keep your pubic hair and you wear a bathing suit, then clearly it will show. That's the way that bathing suits are made. Exactly. (laughs) So it's like, obviously this happens every single day with anybody who decides to not remove their body hair. And yeah, to the fact that we had never seen it in a hundred years is really shocking. But again, one of those things like in our society that it's like, you don't realize till you realize and then you can't unsee it. Unsee it yeah. right. We found that a lot of people with PCOS were sort of gravitating towards us. And we had some content where a woman was shaving her face. And this really caught on with folks who have PCOS and they were like, oh mm-hmm. my God, this is the first time I'm ever seeing this. I felt like I was alone in my bathroom doing this, but there were all these other people doing it. And it kind of brought everyone together. Our video content would have entire threads of people with PCOS talking about how our razor was really helping them and this content was destigmatizing mm-hmm. what what they're dealing with. You put something out there and it brings people together because it's the first time they're seeing it and they feel validated and they feel like there is a forum to speak about it. I love that you brought up PCOS. For, for those who are listening, PCOS is polycystic ovarian syndrome. But it really is a, a systemic condition, but a lot of times it has to, it wreaks havoc on your reproductive system. And that's because of the increased testosterone. But one of the outcomes of that that is generated from that syndrome is that you have excessive hair growth. And then you go back to the taboo and the trends and 
they feel that they can't really connect with other people because they have so much excessive hair growth. And so it becomes a conversation that's very shameful, hidden. And within their groups, this allows them to be validated or even to feel sexy and stylish. And this allowed them to jump back in because there was something that was for them and they felt very good about themselves. I love that. It's so exciting. Um, And yeah, throughout the decades, as we were talking about before, we've seen different trends emerge around body hair. In the 70s, natural body hair was seen as a way to push towards gender equality. In the 80s, Brazilian bikini waxes entered the scene, followed by the first laser hair removal in the 90s. I'm curious how you would define the 2020s era of body hair. What have we uh, come away from or leaned into a little bit more. I'm curious too, because I, I think I see... Oh yeah, you're an expert too. Yeah, My God. You, I mean, you'll, <laughs> you'll see it more than me. Yeah. <laughs> From the time I, you know, started training and then, you know, gone into practice, I definitely have seen some changes in the trend, but I'm, I'm curious to hear from your end. There's definitely a sense of, a deeper sense of confidence in personal choice. A lot of the women that we were speaking to was, it was, I choose to grow out my body hair because I think it's cute. I actually liked the look. It wasn't a sense of defiance in the way maybe in the 70s where you were making a point. It was more about their personal choice. And what was really interesting was often they felt when they'd left the home, they felt really comfortable to you know, express themselves the way they wanted and choose the way they look. It is very interesting. I would say with trends, and, and granted, it, I see it very between ages, mm. but outside of those trends, I have seen people be more accepting to the way their body is, hair growth. I still think we see a little bit of that taboo if someone perceives that the other person may think something about their body hair, that they'll make a comment about it. And that's that's pretty natural, I would say. But I think overall, generally, I've seen a little bit more accepting of what their body is, how it is. And I think that we've seen that too with body shaming as well. Now going into the actual technical part of it, I get questions a lot too between waxing and shaving or laser hair removal. If we do choose to remove body hair from any part of our body, let's really talk about the actual technique of it and the safety feature of it. What do they need to know in order to shave safely at home? We would say always start with clean skin, right? You want to have a clean skin. You want to have a new razor blade as well. And then prepping your skin is also really great. So we recently launched this body buffer bar to help exfoliating. And it's sort of like start the shave routine before you even pick up that razor. It just gets away of the dead skin so you can get a really clean shave. Our razors were designed specifically for the way women shave. It's different to the way men shave. We're shaving often larger surface areas, maybe 10 times the surface area of of men. We shave in the shower versus in front of a a sink. Post-shave, you've kind of stripped away everything, right? So you do want to moisturize again. And so we have a body moisturizer, but you can use any moisturizer really. And I think that that sort of routine is important, right? It's the exfoliating ahead of time, making sure that area is clean, using a clean, sharp blade, and then moisturizing. I think that there is great information in in what you just said, because there is the pre-treatment and post-treatment. It's not just a, oh, I have a a razor, I'm going to shave, end of story. Many times, especially people who might get ingrown hairs or have irritation after they shave, 
And there are some people who actually just don't get irritation and they can do that. But I would say majority of the population, I'm like, treat yourself well, put some (laughs) self-care into that, make it a moment that you can take some time for yourself. It is a self-care moment. Make it that that movie montage. Yes, yes. Let's wrap up by talking about what's next in body hair. What do you hope for the future of body hair trends? It's interesting. There will always be trends and I'm not sure what the next wave will be. What I would love to see is people being more experimental, Mm -hmm. right? And not having to just go from one trend to the next, but really allowing different people to express themselves in different ways. The way that happens is... I really do think it's empowering the younger generation to have more positive associations with body hair. And that unlike me, when I was a preteen and just accepting the rules that society gives us um, and not questioning it, really sort of coming in and taking a little bit more, feeling like they can take more ownership of that. We just launched a a book called A Kid's Book About Body Hair. It's aimed to five to nine-year-olds. And it's really about having an adult talk to a five to nine-year-old about body hair. And, you know, we have it everywhere and it's totally normal. What you do with it is your choice. And instead of letting films and media infiltrate the way they think about body hair, it's, it's having a proactive conversation so you can get ahead of it before all of that kicks in and saying, this is your hair. It's great the way it is. You don't have to change it. One day you might want to change it. That's okay too. But it's starting the positive connection early on so that they're not caught off guard when all of a sudden they're a 12-year-old thinking, this is what I need to do. That is incredibly cool. And honestly, is exactly kind of the next question that I was going to ask you is like, what's the new coming of age moment for teens now if it's not shaving together in a sink and like making you feel like a grown up and all of that stuff. And now I think you kind of answered the question, which is just like, this should be the new coming of age moment. The time when somebody sits you down and tells you like, you're going to have body hair and it's totally fine and cool. And um, you can decide to do with it what you want. And I think that would be so exciting to change the script of our teenage years in that way. Like, as we move through the years and try and take away the cultural stigma associated with a lot of these trends, it's more about people realizing that they should just make the choices for themselves and whatever works for you and is unique to you is the thing you should do. And I think it's really exciting to kind of like do this podcast where every episode we kind of break down a different trend. And at the end, the answer is kind of like, do you, you know, these trends happen for a reason. They exist for a reason. We were attracted to them for a reason, but at the end of the day, like there are no rules. And I think you and and Billy have really done such an incredible job at, at getting that message across. We have a few rapid fire questions. We like to ask our guests at the end of every episode. We're calling these the birdie cues. You're just going to like, give us what first comes to your mind. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So here's the first one. Three words that inspire your approach to beauty right now, right, right now. Confidence, self-expression, and effortlessness. That's the most eloquent, like, quick fire answer (laughs) I've ever heard. What trend would you want to bring back? Ooh, what trend would I like to bring back? I mean, the 
90s were great, right? Mm -hmm. I would say a lot of the 90s, that pop culture and just that sort of complete bright colors and just the the poppy nature of it all was was a lot of fun totally as a as a physician i really believe in wellness and how we take care of ourselves whether that's mentally emotionally spiritually and all what is your beauty or wellness routine that's for you georgina you know i have two little kids they take up a lot of my attention and i really try and be as present as i can and bask in that moment because there are a lot of competing things for my time and and so I really try and practice being present. Whether I'm at work, I'm present at work. Whether I'm at home, I'm present at home. But when I'm with my family and being present there, that's how I fill my cup. That's wonderful. Well, thank you. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. This was so much fun. Thank you both for having me. This is great. That's all for this episode of Birdie Presents Tell Me More. I'm Dr. Jessica Shepard. I'm Hallie Gould. Follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. We'd love your feedback. So please rate this podcast and leave us a review. You can also find us online at birdie.com slash podcast. And make sure to come back next Thursday for our newest episode. Birdie Presents Tell Me More is produced by Birdie with Very Well Health in partnership with Pod People. Special thanks to our production team at Dot Dash Meredith.